quick message from our sponsor. Imagine if you could make your destination page match your messaging, eliminate leaks and distractions when sending someone from an ad or message, remove friction and make it easy to buy. Dream no more. Checkout Links is a simple but powerful app that lets you quickly create specialized bundles in a mini landing page that syncs directly with your Shopify checkout. Preload the shopping cart to reflect your order in that specialized bundle. You can automatically apply discounts so they don't have to manually type it in. And then you can also track individual link performance and so much more. You can find other creative ways to use them with your paid ads, customer smart chats, holiday offers, new product launches, email and SMS campaigns, or even rewarding your VIP customers. Go to checkoutlinks.com slash Matt to learn more and install the Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. This is Brand Builders. We've been actively working in D2C land for years and are continuing to be in the trenches daily. I'm Matt Lady, one of the co-hosts. Each week, I have an episode with Tom Brown, an episode with Richie Mashiko. Sometimes we'll have one together. We are here to share our unfiltered, candid, casual perspectives, insights, lessons, experiences on building a D2C brand. We text about this stuff all the time and are super nerds about all things e-commerce. And we just want to share this with you and hope you get something from it. Enjoy the show. All right, Richie, I got something here for today I'm going to share with you. This is a, an ongoing debacle. It was a big deal like last week or something. And scandal? it is a scandal. It was a uh, Photoshopped Clavio results. Someone, this, this guy, Brilliant. Santiago, self-claimed email king, uh, was posting Photoshopped Clavio results and tweeting them out and using it to get more clients, get leads, get followers, get attention. And someone compiled off his tweets of, here's some proof of my clients and claims. And so simply put, the Clavio revenue number did not match the Clavio visual circle. So he photoshopped the Ooh. numbers and the percentage, but not the actual little pie graph, the little chart. So it, it kind of blew up people like he tried to like defend himself. Um, <laughs> what an idiot. And people were like talking, yeah, calling him out and talking about it. And he's like, oh my God, guys, my VA tweets for me. Like I didn't catch it. <laughs> Uh, like, oh, you didn't, they didn't catch your Photoshop job or like do it properly. Like what? And then someone pulled out a receipt of DMing him. Hey, who does your tweets? And then he's like, I write my own tweets. <laughs> so like he got caught and caught and like, man, um, Wait, just and to show about you that. Website. Talk about the website, the, for the, uh, stock image. What Remember website? that part? He had his website, and then he had the. He said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." It was, yeah. It was like, "Here's me and my team," and it's just, it's just like him. It's like a photo of him, and then like five stock image models, and it was like him and his team. And so someone like Google reverse image searched, and it just came up on like Unsplash or one of those like. Uh, hey, but it's an international team. Use for international team. Yeah. Yeah, but like, also no. <laughs> that one, they're like fake, like fake models. So, man, just so so much stuff to say about this because um, a lot of people 
for better or for worse, <laughs> they think that big social media number following means expertise and knowledge and success. And I think that can be correlated at times, but I think oftentimes it's very misconstrued. <laughs> it's very just not the right metric to look at. And Santiago, this email king, this guy, like, was very much of an example of that. He, like, made a bunch of money just, like, faking results and, like, sharing it on Twitter and then getting more clients and faked more results and shared it on Twitter and got, like, 16,000 followers or something. And so, like, people are like, oh, you know, just rapid success in a year or two. Like, wow. Bro, you know, you know what this reminds me yeah. of? This shit reminds me of, like, the Ty Lopez types. You know what I'm saying? You remember, like, back yes. in, like, 2016 YouTube? He would, like, every freaking uh, uh, YouTube video ad would be like, Hey, man, are you reading books? Do you have knowledge in front of his, like, freaking Lamborghini? <laughs> <laughs> so I just... <laughs> Low-key, I feel like this is, like, the reincarnation of like the Ty Lopez types, <laughs> you know, you know how it is on Twitter, man. Yeah. There's like a, there's like yeah. a certain, you know, style you got to follow and all that, but Hey, he got caught. It's a lesson. Photoshop better. He caught, got, he got, he got, <laughs> that's the lesson. Photoshop better. No, it's just like, like you got to verify stuff. You just can't take things. What people say on the internet is true all the time. And especially if you're a brand founder, right? Like you don't know any better. Yeah. It's your first time running an e-commerce brand. Oh, that looks great. Cool. I'm going to hire this guy. But like, no, there's you a... don't know that that's how it works or not. Right. No, you got to do that DD, that due diligence, man. That's why like, um, yeah, I, it, I, I feel, I, I feel like the, 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 the people who I feel the worst for the people who kind of get scammed into working with these types of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very easy for someone who's like, oh, shit, e-commerce Twitter is a thing. Like, I could find people to work with. And, oh, this guy seems, like, reputable, but, like, low-key, how the hell do you know? You know what I mean? So, you know, if 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 you're if you're a, a brand person or hiring someone or entering any sort of partnership, do your due diligence. Make sure uh, Clavio things are not Photoshopped. I don't know. Just find good people. <laughs> we could recommend you some. Yeah, basically. I mean, besides that, though, like, they have to know us and find us, though. And then how do they trust and know us? That's true. You no, know, it's like this, We're like, multi-step problem of, like, <laughs> it's like it's like multiple people, multiple steps, you know. So uh, it just went deep. He, like, changed his handle. <laughs> he, like, changed his, like, bio and links and stuff and kind of just, like, faded out into the abyss for a little bit. Uh, but just like that was the, that's was a recent example and it's not the only one and it's not going to be the only one in the future. There's plenty okay. of people that are doing this. Yep. Well, speaking of more so Twitter, be on the lookout. <laughs> more Twitter drama. What's this next one? So this, this guy does CRO for brands and he made this, Thread and huge claim. Sanzo is stocked at 200 plus Target stores, but the key to the long term success will be their DTC website. Here's how to improve their PDB to sell more. And he like does this in public, a thread for the founder of Sanzo, and like goes through and talks about every single change he'd make, 
the images, the words, the formatting of like this product page and like, oh, this is like the key to long-term success. And like telling this guy how, like what's up, right? And ugh, it's just like, man, well, then what did, what did, um, how do you, first of all, founder say, what did Sandro say? Uh, I can't, I don't have it right in front of me, but he said something about cool. Thanks for this. But respectfully, like D to C is not the like channel for us to like scale our brand and win on beverage is like really hard to ship. So you like, you don't really use that that way. And you go into retail and wholesale and stuff versus D to C. And so it's just like, uh, this guy using a hammer and sees a nail and or not a nail. He sees a screw and tries to use the hammer as a, in, like fix the screw. Right? He's like, "Oh, CRO is going to fix everything," but he doesn't. He's not able to apply it like correctly and properly. Like, yes, those things might help for the PDP and the like. Actually, better conversion rate, all this stuff. But you just sort of lose credibility. You lose like people's attention and trust when you go off with a big, bold claim like that at the beginning. Like, this is the key to their long-term success. It's like, well, not really. You could, if you just said, oh, a conversion rate might increase some, or just like messaged him or emailed him and not made this a huge public thing and try to like, jerk yourself off. Like, dude, like, uh, I just don't like these sort of things a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, well, as, on, as a person who's been on the brand side, and now we're both on the brand side, congrats, man. Congrats, congrats, congrats. <laughs> Thank um, you. Mattress salesman. Uh, mattress salesman of the year. Um, <laughs> online, uh, online mattress salesman. Online mattress salesman of the year. Um, as someone on the brand side, first of all, okay, I, I understand what the guy's trying to do. Right. I mean... He obviously has an agency. He's trying to get business. And it's a clever way of getting business, um, perhaps. But I can tell you, as a someone on the brand side for the past two, two and a half years, when people assume they know how to run my business better than I do, I'm just like, GTFO, bro. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just, just, just shut the fuck up, <laughs> like stupid bitch. <laughs> um, and, and not to say this guy is dumb or anything. Just get out of here, you know. Just get out of here. No. But like, it's very yeah. um, uh, uh, presumptuous, and you know, it kind of actually shows me that you don't really have a good understanding of how different business models work. So to me, that shows you're kind of stupid. Um, so pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You live, you eat, you breathe. Like, I legit, like, lose sleep over this type of shit. And then someone, like, who has, like, pretty much zero context, who just seen a website, is like, hey, man, you're fucking it up. You do this. I'm like, bro, shut up. And then what's some guy's motive? He wants, he wants to get paid. So that's that. Again, to your diligence. <laughs> Yeah, dear diligence, like it's not the word, it's not a bad idea. Um, but just know how, like, what you're doing, who you're talking to, and like the actual business and brand behind it. If they're only D to C, um, or if he just took out the long term success part and didn't throw us all off and, like, you know, make a big claim like that, 
I'm like, cool. Then, yeah, maybe these PDB changes are better. But yeah, and actually, how the PDB changes are pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, but no one, no one's gonna like listen or accept that or make make it a thing. Uh, no, it's like if I was yeah. like, "Hey, you're so, you're stupid. Listen to me." I want to be like, "No, shut up, bitch. Fuck you. You're stupid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that one is just like he got he kind of got ratioed. It kind of got dunked by DDC, the rest of DDC Twitter. And I think there's ways to go about it. You could just like email or DM someone. Hey, I had a few ideas, or here's like this mock-up I made. Uh, maybe it'll help. I do this for other brands. Like, if you want to learn more, have me implement the changes for you. Let's talk. Or like, when, you know, whatever. I don't know about this whole... Maybe, and maybe it works. And this is like the one time it didn't work. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, or maybe someone yeah. saw this thread and didn't view it like we are, and the, our perspective. And they're like, oh yeah, that's great. I want him to do that for my site. And then he still got business off this anyway. So... Like who's to say who's right and who's wrong, but um, but that's our feedback. That's our perspective on this. Is like, go do your thing. Go get like you got to make money, but there's you know other ways to approach it. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> other ways to get after it. So yeah, don't be a duke. Don't be. Don't try to be a, uh, a dick. So a douche. Uh, moving on to the next one is. Uh, Tweet from Dan McCormick. He has been at a few other DC brands before. He helps his brother Patty with Not Boring, uh, the big, relatively big newsletter. And then he's currently building this like new creatine brand. And he announced uh, a few days ago about Shopify rolling out features to help cross platform purchasing and merchants discover customers is Shopify Cash. It's currently in beta. It's essentially 3% back in shop cash rewards processed by shop pay. So wait, what they're is trying their like Shopify's trying their best. It's like a cash back program through Shopify pay. So like that, like the one click purchase or like the smart pay, oh. it's like Apple pay, but it's Shopify pay. It's like these other ones, but Shopify's own, uh, tool. Oh, so. They're like trying to like Shopify's just trying to come up with ways to help merchants. Like they get one of the universal kind of issues, uh, I guess, that everyone has is acquiring more customers without just spending more money on ads. Um, and so Shopify Pay, it seems like if you use Shop App or and Shop Pay, that's when you get the cash back, and that's how you can then use it. So if you use it on one brand, and then you that's how you get it. That you have to use it on another brand in the shop pay like shop app store. So then you get that three percent cash back, and it's oh. kind of this like cyclical thing. So you keep getting your three dollars right. back after you spend a hundred on this on this hoodie, and then you go to another brand and like that's their way of trying to help us uh, help merchants. So my initial. My initial gut reaction was like, that's pretty cool. But like at the same time, I don't <laughs> Jesus, no, down, down, double two thumbs down. But yeah, that, that's kind of where I ended up after like thinking about it and just us talking through it too. It's like, 
it's like the right idea, but I don't think it's going to work out as well as they hope. What do you think? Yeah, can I, Besides double can I tell down? you why this is, this is dumb? <laughs> oh, it's dumb. Okay. 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 Theoretically, Please. it worked. It, it, it could work, theoretically. But here's the thing. Okay, first off, you guys are migrating to Shopify, right? And then you're going to, I'm assuming you're going to do the uh, shop pay uh, installment crap, right? Just because the AOV mm-hmm. is going to be high, right? So yeah. we're doing that. Bro, do you know what the payment processing fees on that are? Is it 5%? Yes. You know how expensive that shit is, dude? Oh, my Lord. Okay, first <laughs> of all, okay, I have I, I have a little bit of beef because, first of all, with, with the Shopify payments product in general. Okay, here's my beef. So we switched okay. from Shopify to Braintree. Okay, we don't have to get too much in the weeds of all the percentages, but basically... Braintree is a uh, part of PayPal, and it's essentially their credit card processing uh, serve their product. Um, and their rates were, were a lot cheaper. So in the cold credit card processing world, there is this thing called interchange. So I didn't know this, but interesting thing is Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, all these cards, their processing fee is different. So like if you have a Visa card... Your shit might be like a 0.5% transaction fee. If I have Amex, Amex is normally higher. It might be like closer to 3 or 4% transaction fee. So what interchange, uh, what interchange is, <clears throat> it basically mirrors those fluctuations within the individual card. And then they charge like a, you know, like 15 basis point um, tra- uh, transaction fee on 0.15% on top of that. Shopify, and that's great because, you know, most people are not, don't have Amex, so the processing fee is not going to be like four, like average on three or four percent. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so we switch from Shopify payments because Shopify is a flat two point one five percent on. We're on plus plus thirty cent uh, transaction fee. Um, and last year at mid eight figure or uh, mid teen figures, we saved about two hundred grand in processing fees. <laughs> Now, the only reason why we have to switch back to Shopify payments, unfortunately, is because this subscription product that we launched with, Recharge, the only way you can collect credit cards if that product integrates with Shopify payments, not Braintree. So I had to, you know, so they kind of have a monopoly, or not a monopoly, but uh, they're uh, obviously wanting people to use their payment uh, processing product. So I lost a lot of money this year. Okay, so that's my first beef. And then I go back to them, I'm like, dude, Look how much we spend with you. Like, could you do you have any wiggle room on this at all? And they're like, no. And I was like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> I was kidding. Um, but I'll tell you why this 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 product is 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 kind of stupid. I, I I highly recommend people go listen or watch the uh, podcast that Harley Finkelstein, the Shopify president, whatever, uh, did with Nick and Moyes on the. What is it? Limited supply. I think that's what it's Limited called. Limited supply. Their podcast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think you kind of get an understanding of how they're thinking about their products. Unfortunately, I just don't think this is something most merchants need or, or, or want. Um, uh, and this is not going to solve a lot of problems. Like, okay, first of all, how many people buy shit on the shop app, the shop pay app? 
I don't even know that many people have it. It's not Amazon. You know, they're, they're trying to like in a way try to be like Amazon, right? Okay, that's that's not really going to do anything in the in the near term to solve like a merchant's problems. And second of all, you know, I, I think this kind of goes back to the CRO thing, where people are like, "Oh man, if you boost by ten percent, guess what? Uh, you're going to get ten percent more revenue." And I'm like. That sounds good in theory, but guess what? It's easy to cherry pick data, you stupid bitch. <laughs> um, sorry, aggressive, <laughs> but you, you know what I, you know what I'm saying? It's easy to it's easy to yeah. uh, cherry pick data, and and as a as an operator, you get you look I I look at the Shopify live dash uh live dashboard too much. You could tell when it's actually more money, or not that much more. There's not a change. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I yeah. think this is another yeah. one of those things is like, oh, look, we're trying, and, and it, you know, could be good in the long run, but I don't think in the short term it's going to be anything crazy. It's my rant. Right. It's, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I think there's a lot more adoption that needs to take place. Like, it's not only you must use shop pay, but then you have to buy in the shop app. <laughs> Right, so yeah, who who has? I don't know anyone who has. It's like a two step. Yeah, and we 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 are building our careers and brands and businesses and future on this, and we don't even use it. So, like, customers are not going to immediately just start flocking to this unless they push it heavily and build out it as its own thing. Um, and you know how hard that is. It seems like it. We know as merchants. How hard it is to get someone to buy something on your own site. Okay, you know how hard it is to get someone to download an app and then use that app consistently? That's extremely hard. People are already giving their data to the CCP on TikTok. They're already giving Mark Zuckerberg money. Okay. They're already giving Jack Dorsey, now Elon Musk, money on Twitter. Okay. Trust me. Jeff Bezos is getting his money. It, it's 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 just extremely difficult to do to get mass adoption on this. And it's, and it's not really going to move the needle for brands. That's I don't think, I think it will. Uh, not this V1, this version one, this like first like thing it's going to come out as. I don't think it's going to be that great. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's wildly successful and we all make more money from it. But I just don't think that that will be the case. Yeah, just um, make so better ads. That's shop cash. Just make better ads. Make ads great again. A quick reminder from our sponsor. Checkout links allows you to create simple and effective short links that go straight to your checkout for your social media pages, paid ads, customer support tickets, direct messages, holiday specific offers, brand new product launches, or even adding a QR code to your packaging or insert with a checkout link for easy reordering in just seconds. Once again, go to checkoutlinks.com to learn more, install that Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. Okay, uh, moving on to our next one. Uh, it's from our digitally native, Mr. Neat Pullin? Pullin? I don't know how to pronounce his name. And so basically saying Shopify market cap used to be 170 billion, now it's down to 35 billion. He's, and he's saying it's still... Oh, like overpriced. So uh, a bunch of people responded and were talking about how 
well, yeah, D2C is just a channel. It's not a whole business model. And you should be in retail and wholesale and you should be on Amazon and kind of all these other channels. There's some back, interesting back and forth about this. So I just want to comment and then ask you what you think about it. But I think Shopify has done an incredible job at truly democratizing commerce. And I kind of cringe saying that, but like <laughs> almost anyone can start a side hustle in like in their house, like pack and ship orders and like build, start a business and start a side hustle, start a project from like day one and use Shopify. It's relatively affordable. It's probably the cheapest, best option out there. Right. And so I think for a lot of people and the average person, this is like a great thing. And as entrepreneurship continues to get the bar continues to get lower, the more entry points and the more competition, uh, we'll ha we'll see better and better products and tools and Shopify will be able to continue to adapt and evolve on this. But I think for the average person and the average entrepreneur, like you can make a fine living just off D2C. Like you do not need retail and wholesale and Amazon and B2B and all these other things. I think if you're trying to do this $1 billion business or $100 million business, then sure, I think you need to expand into other channels and to other marketing stuff and sales sales uh, channels as well. But I think for the average entrepreneur, they would love to make a million dollars a year at some point. And then even if they make they take home 20% of that at 200K, that's like more than their job was, you know, over a few years. So I think, I think I get where he's coming at from an enterprise, big brand, like super high level and like with VC money and stuff. But I think for the average entrepreneur, I think it's pretty well valued and a pretty good product. And I think more people, it's more accessible. And I think that's what they're going for. And they're trying to change and iterate the product and build upstream, right? And so to scale, like Glossier just migrated over to Shopify recently. So like they do have big mm -hmm. brands on it, right? But that's not the, that's not been their main focus so far. I just wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on this. Yeah, so I 100% agree with all the stuff that you just said, uh, since because you're a genius, you know what I mean? So obviously. Um, <laughs> Um, so I, I'm going to go a little bit in a different direction with this. So I don't know anything about okay. the financials of Shopify. Um, I don't look at their, whatever reporting, financial reporting they have to do since they're on the Canadian stock market, whatever the equivalent in S1 is in the States. Um, so I think this is more of a theoretical, um, question about the value of Shopify in the macro economy, right? So I think I always, you know, whenever you assign a value, any value to a company, right? You're really looking at, I think the current market value, right? Which could be measured in revenues and cash flows and things of that nature. Um, and you're also trying to predict the future value of the company, right? And then that's also that's also subjective because 
are are you looking at it at a future value on a scale of one year, five years, ten years, a hundred years? You know, what is that time horizon that you're looking at the value of this company? Okay, so <clears throat> I guess the point that he's trying to make is that <clears throat> um, if it's overvalued today, I'm not going to comment on the current state, but I think this is more like a, a long-term view that if you go down further in thread, he kind of gives an explanation of why that there are going to be competitors and or there a lot of competitors are going to take market ca- market share. Um, Amazon, um, you know, the Facebook thing where they started trying uh, try to get you to sell their, your shit on their platform directly to customers. Uh, Apple, you know, all the big all the big tech guys that are kind of in the in the arena right now, and I'm not sure actually. I see the ar- I, I I do see the argument that Shopify, over the course of a hundred years, becomes you know like a multi hundred billion dollar business, right? Um, I think uh, sometimes in the short run they I don't necessarily understand some of the product decisions that they're making. Um, I think it's a good product uh, overall, but some of the innovations like like what we just said with the shop cash thing, like I don't know why the fuck that's how the fuck that's gonna help me. <laughs> but uh, I like your checkout. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, your 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 site yeah. works. It's functional. It's it's easy to use. And I could see a world where you know that those mistakes or those decisions compound on top of each other, and they kind of blow the opportunity that they have. Right. I think Shopify has to yeah. think. I and you know, and I listened to the Harley episode. He said his biggest competitors were like. The Magentos, the Salesforce, you know, the e-commerce, the CMS thing. Um, I think his biggest comp is Amazon, right? And the way that they're going, building the fulfillment network. I mean, Jeff Bezos has been doing this for 20 years, and he's an animal. Do you really want to compete against that? I wouldn't. Um, I, I, I think Shop, I think the, the bull case for Shopify is if they become really clear on uh, their product vision and what they are, where they are in, in the ecosystem right now, they're trying to do a lot of things. I don't necessarily know that's the wisest thing. And the other force is, um, if like you said, they are going after a lot of small guys, right. Or small, like entrepreneurs, like starting from starting small is super hard now. Right. So how many of those people that start now are going to graduate to 10 million, 20, 50, a hundred million dollars, billion dollars, in annual revenue, right? So they might have to go after, like you said, the glossy example, get an existing bigger brand that's not on Shopify and get them on Shopify. That could be the growth strategy. I don't know. Um, but as e-commerce, as a percentage of total revenue just continues to go up, you know, maybe. It's kind of a long uh, cop-out answer. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. We, we're, he- we're here for those. Um that's a, you know, sometimes the best answer is a non-answer. So I agree that it's hard to compete against Amazon, uh, especially with the fulfillment and shipping and uh, that sort of process. They acquired Deliver um, earlier this year or last year, I forget. But I think that that only helps people because if they can like Harley was saying on the pod, he was like, a lot of three PLs suck and you don't really know who to go to. You don't know if you're getting overcharged or 
what's right or what's wrong. And there's no accountability. But if you go through Shopify Fulfillment Network, it's from, from production to the warehouse and the warehouse to the porch, right? So you can track every single order from start to finish there that mm -hmm. way and manage it all in platform. It's the yeah, Shopify gets a big bulk discount because they have all these stores under themselves at Shopify. So economies of scale. I see that. Yeah. I see that potentially working out and making more sense and you can be more hands off. You still have to drive traffic to the site. You still have to uh, answer customer questions. You still have to come up with new products and stop to launch them. Still got to run ads, acquire traffic and all that too. But that is yeah, one dude. piece of the puzzle that, yeah. Dude, yeah, I was just having this conversation with my buddy today. Do you know how hard it is to run an e-commerce store well? Like, there's a lot that goes it's into not this, easy. man. There's the, the traffic, you have to get the traffic, you have to manage the inventory, you do all the marketing, you do the customer service. Like, you know how you, and on top of that, you have to install all these apps into your site to make it work. You have to install analytics. Like, bro, you know how hard, <laughs> that's a lot of work when you think about it. <laughs> it's, it's not that simple. It's, it, dude, no. It's, it's not simple. It's not easy. If, especially it's your first time and you're coming from a different industry or you just know the product, like, yeah, I've developed this product, but you have to learn everything else in part of running a business. Um, so it's really difficult for sure. And so I think there's other ways to make it simpler and easy and more accessible. And I don't know how big of a lift that some of these things like the shop cash or fulfillment network and all that is going to make on making it easier and simpler because you have to pay with time or money for anything you do right in business right. and in life it's time or money <laughs> and so when you're starting out you technically have more time than you have money but a lot of people starting out can't just quit their job and then then start right. their business they have to right. start the business on the side and build it up over time. And so you have even less time. So then you have to spend money, but money for a lot of people is it's not that simple and easy to come by. Like all oh, these people this is 1% of Twitter and, and like VC. Oh yeah. I'm just going to go raise around real quick and get like $2 million mm -hmm. and see if my business works. Like <laughs> I think that's such a, can be such a privileged take and misunderstanding of how easy it is to acquire capital like that for the average everyday person. That's, that's just not the case. So yeah. I think until a shop, like Shopify audience is right. Like the, their lookalike stuff yeah. and uploading those to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think, I think the more that I've thought about this, this is my thesis. Tell me if it's a good thesis or not. Okay, I think there's two types of businesses in the world. There's demand gen businesses and there's demand capture businesses, right? So demand capture is like, hey, you have a plumbing shop. Guess what? You put out a shitty flyer on like 100 doors, you're going to get a few customers, right? Because when pipes don't work and you got to take a dump, they're gonna, someone's going to call a plumber, okay? And those businesses just have inherent demand in the market, right? So, so the key to those businesses scaling um, and growing is having really good operating uh, op operations in place, 
so that they could service all the demand and capture, right? It's like you have a fit. It's like you have a net and you're catching fish and there's a shit ton of fish coming, right? And you just want to make sure you have a big enough net and there's no holes in your net so that all the fish that are jumping inside that uh, net are being caught and you're not like losing them, right? So that's so that's one type of business. Another type of business, um, the other one is the demand gen, right? So that's where you're fishing, and I would put most e-commerce in this category, right? Where your demand, uh, you have to generate the demand, where you have to run ads, you have to get someone who's fucking doom scrolling through Instagram, show them an ad, get them to click on the ad, get them to go to the site and make a purchase, right? That's, that's there's a lot of inherent friction in that process. Um, but those demand gen businesses, uh, you have to do both, right? And that's like, you're going fishing and there's one or two fish in the lake and you're like, shit, where do I fish? I could use the right lure. Uh, what time of the day do I fish? Right. I obviously like fishing. I'm Asian. Okay. I can't help it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta get canceled. Um, but it's, it's a completely different like, way yeah, of whatever. fishing. Right. Um, and I think the inherent thing that Shopify is not solving for to have the long-term staying power, right? And I think this is the thing that Amazon solved is the demand um, so that merchants just have to service the demand, right? If you're on Amazon, okay. Amazon has the demand. People are going to Amazon. You don't have to figure that out. All you have to figure out is how to get your listing up. And, you know, there's, you know, that's demand gen in itself. But the inherent thing for the Amazon uh, company as a whole is that they're getting demand. No matter they've solved that problem. I don't think Shopify solved that problem for merchants, right? Cause Amazon doesn't care if brand a or brand B gets, gets the sale. They just want a sale to happen on the platform. Right. And then they'll let you fight it out. But Shopify, everyone has to go get their own. It's not like Shopify is giving you a pool of customers and say, Hey, hundred brands go fight for these customers. And I think that's a big risk, especially yeah. as all these ad costs and stuff go, start going up. It's harder to generate demand. So that's a bull case against Shopify. <laughs> right. So how did Amazon create that and capture all that demand? Is it the two-day shipping? Is it the prices? Is it prime? Is it just years time in the market? Were they the first mover? Like, I'm sure it's a little bit of everything, but it is. It's all Shopify of the above. Is trying to... Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, and what are you saying? My bad. Okay. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, Shopify, I think, is trying to figure that out with this Shop Pay and Shop App and stuff. But I think you just need, like Amazon, you just go to Amazon.com and search up the product, and then it shows you all the options. That's what Shopify, if they want to go that route, needs that not download our app, not use this instead, right? There needs to be some sort of easier adoption, easier yes. searchability, discoverability to all of the brands on the platform. And so it's a shopify.com slash stores or slash brands. And then, hey, just search what you're looking for. We'll show you brands. And then maybe brands can... There's search ads, you know, and promoted ads that Shopify can sell then and like organic listings and stuff, just like the Shopify app marketplace, right? Why don't they just do that for brands? That's what Amazon's doing. Right. So you can help on both supply and demand. 
So I think that's like another way to go about it. It's probably not that simple. I'm super oversimplifying it, but I think that's more the right way to go. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I might agree with Nate here. I don't know. We'll see. You think so? But not. I mean, that's that's a pretty uh, hard case. But at the same time, if freaking in 20, 30 years, 50% of commerce is done online. I mean, they're going to get a lift from that. They're going to capture some of that yeah. or a lot of it. You know what I mean? So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they're just writing a macro trend. I don't know. Things aren't stagnant. But Yeah, that was good. Uh, last thing I'll say on that is uh, – last thing I'll say is like the, pan- the pandy the last two years, like there's this huge spike. This huge like jump, and people are operating on a pandy lasting forever, and like this like and then, oh that's the new trajectory. But it's a lot of a lot or almost everyone has come back down to earth off of that, and is back on the track from 2019, in the beginning of 2020 before it all started. So yes, it, that was a huge spike, and there's a big opportunity, and to figure that out, but people are going back outside, whether it's over or not, people are doing things with their life. They're not just stuck at home, doom scrolling as much. So I just think there's ways, other ways to be creative and trying to do that. I had a great conversation about live shopping earlier with TikTok and like, you know, setting up a modern day QVC style live shopping uh, stream for your, your brand and business and, getting to interact with people, answering their questions in real time on the platform that the tension is at. And if you have the right kind of brand and product and person and price point, you could print money off that. So there's, I think there's still plenty of ways to win. I just don't think it's as straightforward as the last six, seven years were of throw any ad on Facebook and you'll make money. It's we're kind of past that. We have been, for a little while, but I think it's coming to a, it's being exposed more perhaps is what I'll say. 10X ROAS only for mattress, uh, <laughs> 10X ROAS only for, for mattress salesman. <laughs> Yo, I mean, our Mer is healthy right now on very, uh-huh. uh, very basic, very generic stuff. So yeah, I'll take it. Healthy Mer. Can't wait to get on Shopify. Start sending in some emails. Actually, running some real ads, it's it's going to be great. So, I think that's it for this one. We're out of here. I'll catch you on the next one with Tom, and then Richie will be back after that. So, thanks for listening. Catch you guys on the next one. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this and meet with people that are smart and enthusiastic and just want to share what they have to know about all things D to C. Every rating and review and episode you share with a friend means a ton to me as I continue to bootstrap this show as part of my small little media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, E-Commerce Uncovered, you should. It's a little more tactical and practical, and I've guest experts on to learn from freelancers, agency owners, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you continue to bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. Two episodes a week will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics for you to apply to your own brand. That's e-commerce uncovered on the High Key Geek YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple, or 
anywhere else you find your podcasts. Catch you next time.